Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. And now, your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation. As I said before, I'm doing this series called The Science of Brokering, where I take a principle from psychology or sociology, and then we go into it, we figure out what it is, we look at the studies, then I try the best I can to go bring it back to make it practical for you as a mortgage broker and be like, well, how do I use this in my mortgage business? And so today's topic that I want to talk about is hedonic adaptation or called the hedonic treadmill. And so basically, there's this concept that the hedonic treadmills are basically why top performers are never satisfied. So humans, we tend to chase one pleasure after another, after another, you know, why you can get to a certain volume, make certain income, and all of a sudden, you're just like, I don't feel any happier. I'm happier briefly, and then I'm not. And basically, it's this tendency for people to quickly return to their original level of happiness, despite major positive or negative events in life. And according to this theory, you know, as a person makes more money, expectations and desires rise, and then there's no real permanent gain in happiness. It's kind of like running faster and faster on a treadmill, but you never get anywhere. That's why they call it the hedonic treadmill. So a couple studies on this, which is pretty interesting. So people who win the lottery, of course, have an initial surge of joy. They're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But survey them 18 to 24 months later, and they're generally at the same level of happiness as they were before. So their happiness went up and then came right back down to that set point. Same thing, they've done studies on paraplegics. So I mean, that'd be a pretty awful thing to have happen. And when I was a paramedic, you know, we've seen stuff like that happen. And obviously, you're going to get a major decrease in your happiness. But again, over a period of time, the initial happiness goes back to where they were before. So how is this possible, right? I remember reading about the bombing of London and in the Blitz, Londoners, they developed this like they just didn't care anymore. And so there was a period where basically the government did a survey and there's 31% of people said that they couldn't get any sleep when the bombings were happening. And then a month later, only 3% of them were complaining. I mean, people were literally like sleeping in their beds. They're kind of like, well, if it's going to be me, it's me, but I'm not going to worry about it. They sort of adjusted to this. And so when I think about this, you know, this hedonic adaptation, I think it's actually beneficial in some ways, because we can't live in a state of extreme stress all the time or extreme elation, or we just we probably wouldn't function. And so when you're in an environment like, you know, a war zone, if you're always stressed out, it's not healthy. And so our body adapts kind of like how our homeostasis, we always stay at the same core temperature, you can be outside in hot weather or cold weather, but your body's going to fight like crazy to keep you at that homeostasis. And I think in a lot of ways, this happiness set point that we have is similar, but there's going to be some benefits to being more leaned towards the happy side. And I'll talk about those briefly and give you some ideas on how to do that. So basically, there's why it happens is there's some cognitive changes such as goals, you know, you interpret situations differently, all of a sudden you had less money, now you have more money, you start to adjust to it, you don't feel like you're that rich, because now maybe you have friends that have more money and you're like, well, I'm not that rich now compared to those people. So that'll happen. There's also some neurochemical processes that can happen. So these pathways in your brain as they get overstimulated, so sort of like how a drug user needs stronger and stronger drugs to get the same high. It's the same thing with our brain. So, you know, an experience or events like, well, it wasn't as good as last time, you know, this amazing restaurant you went to. And then the next time it's like, well, it was good, but no, it wasn't quite as good. And then the next time we can kind of spoil it by, you know, overdoing it. And then there's also some evidence too that suggests that there's actually a genetic set point for this. So there's some studies done. I'll talk about that briefly about this is partially a genetic component, but only about 50% of it's genetic. The other 50% we have some influence on. So a couple of the studies, they did a study on nuns and they looked at their journals for 60 years and basically looked for positive versus negative orientation in their journal writings. And the nuns who had a positive orientation in those journal writings lived 10 years longer. So that's one of the benefits of 
having a positive orientation, so you're going to live longer, right? You're going to be more resilient. They did another study, which is really interesting. They actually had people, they tested their sort of positivity versus their negative mindset. And then they said, okay, these people that have a positive mindset, we're going to inject them all with the flu virus, essentially. I mean, now this was a while ago they did this. They would never do this today because it'd probably be like, this is extremely unethical. But they literally injected these people with the flu and then had them come back and said, so how are your symptoms? How do you feel? And the people who had the positive mindset didn't get as sick. They didn't complain of as many symptoms. They tended to recover better. And they're like, huh, interesting. You know, and so our mindset towards something can greatly affect not only our psychology, but our physiology as well. And there's studies that our psychology absolutely can affect our physiology. So when it comes to hedonic adaptation, there's this guy, Martin Sleegman, and he talks about how there's really two areas that this can happen. And it's pleasures and gratifications. And so pleasures are these quick bursts of pleasure that you get and they lead to long-term happiness, but they're very temporary. So, you know, listening to a great music, you know, for me, it's having a cup of coffee, just doing something that's like quick will get you that little burst of joy, right? I can think of back when I went, took my daughter when she was 10, we went to Canada's Wonderland and we did roller coasters. And the first time you hit one, you're like, oh my gosh. And then we just did them again and again. Eventually you're like, okay, that hit from that roller coaster just started to diminish over time. And eventually I ended up just getting sick because I was like, I can't do this. She could handle it, no problem. So there's these pleasures and then there's gratification. Gratifications though are when you kind of get into a state of flow and you're doing something you're fully engaged in, you know, it takes more effort, but the payoff is better. So these are things like hobbies, you know, art, reading, learning a skill, and most of these gratifications are also great stress relievers. So there's these two things that typically that we're going to adapt to. So the pleasures and the gratifications. This is fantastic, Scott. You're telling me that if I make more money, I'm not actually going to be ultimately happier and that I have a genetic component to this, that I can influence it, and that there's a couple different things that we can adapt to, which are the pleasures as well as the gratifications. So how does this help you make a better mortgage business? Well, a couple of thoughts I have on this. First, you as a mortgage broker must have some hobbies outside of mortgages. You are not put on this earth just to write mortgages. Let me say that one more time because some of you need to hear this. And I've had to say this to myself at times. You are not put on this earth just to write mortgages. You must have some hobbies. So a few months ago, I started taking private Muay Thai lessons with my 14-year-old son. And initially, I got him the lessons. I was like, oh, this would be good for him. And I would go watch him. And, and then my buddy, Steve, Steve D, is like, hey, we should do it with him. And I'm like, Steve, I don't want to do Muay Thai, man. This is stupid. I'm like, I'm 46 years old. Are you crazy? So we did a few of them. And then I got hooked. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so much fun. I've never had such a great workout. And now Carson and I, my son, we do it all the time. Like we go three times a week minimum. And I'm having so much fun. Now, between you and me, I'm never going to fight in Muay Thai and because I think I could talk my way out of almost anything. But I can tell you that it's brought me a ton of joy. And even some of the things I'm learning from Muay Thai, I come back and I can apply to my business. And it's giving me this great stress relief. So if you're you know, a mortgage broker, wherever you are, if you're new, don't give up on some of those hobbies. If you're busy and experienced, find time for some hobbies. You need to have something to do outside of mortgages. That's the first. The second thing is we often use this goal. We set this goal of things and we go, okay, when I get to, you know, a hundred thousand, I'll be happy. When I get to 50 million a year, I'll be happy. When I get to, and you won't. The truth is, is that, so there's this fantastic book called The Gain and the Gap. And it's written by Dan Sullivan. And actually he's coming on my podcast. So depending on when you listen to this, you should be able to go find in I Love Mortgage Brokering channel, an interview I do with Dan Sullivan on this book, The Gap and the Gain. And it is phenomenal. I'll give you the concept of the book. And I highly recommend you go buy the book, actually, because I think it's a fantastic read and will help you. But so what happens is the goal that we set for ourselves is like the horizon. We see it way out there. And then when you walk to the horizon, you set a point in the horizon, you get to it. 
And then you realize the horizon's just moved. It's kind of like, well, there's still another horizon. Just like when you get to your first 10 million, you're gonna be like, oh, well, I wanna go to 20. And then now you're at 20. And then you go, well, that wasn't that bad. Like there's other people do, why can't I go to 40? And it just keeps moving. And so if you think that you're gonna be happy when you get there, you won't because your goalposts are gonna move. Instead, what he says, and he discovered this by coaching really high level entrepreneurs, that they were role models, people looked up to them, and yet they still, they were never happy. They were like, how come you're not happy? Look at all these things you're doing. All these people are counting on you, doing all these amazing things. And like, yeah, and I just needed it. And so they were never satisfied. And it's because they were always looking at the ideal and the ideal always moved. Instead, he said, well, why don't you look at the gain? Look back, look at what you've covered. And so, you know, if you're in the mortgage business for any amount of time, look back at where you were five years ago. Look back at where you were a year ago and be like, oh my gosh, we did this and this and this and this. What happens is it completely changes your psychology. You have a feeling of excitement, motivation, gratitude, way better way to show up instead of like, I can never get it all done. And so this whole concept of the gap and the gain, it's such a simple concept. And there's all kinds of studies and science that indicate that this is a very powerful concept. It's amazing that Dan Sullivan can literally take all of this research and distill it down into a single sentence, which is amazing. And that's something you can carry around with you. So just basically think about this. The ideal that you're aiming at is strictly for motivation, illumination. It is not to be measured. You only measure looking backwards and you only measure, by the way, against yourself, not against your neighbor, not against the person on the Facebook group. You measure against yourself. And what happens is you have a completely different psychology. It's going to make a huge impact on you. So I highly recommend you check out that book. So first, you know, it's not just mortgages, make sure you have some hobbies. Second, focus on the gap and the gain. And the third thing that is really interesting is this concept of like altruism or helping others. And so maybe like, well, what the heck has that got to do with anything? A lot of studies that I've done around, I'll do an episode on this in a future date, but there's been a lot of studies around this idea that how um, helping others is actually creates this longer lasting happiness drug. I don't understand exactly how it fully works, but I do know that it absolutely works. And so I remember a story. So I, I I was involved with a men's addiction recovery center. So these guys are trying to get through their addiction and drugs. And this guy came up and he was talking about how he was clean and how he's, you know, his life has changed and everything. And then he said, you know, when I focused on cleaning up someone else's backyard, God cleaned up mine. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. So he's basically, when I stopped focusing on myself and started thinking about other people, I was able to shift my mindset and it helped him get out of it. And that was a very powerful statement that I'd heard. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. So this is true for all of us. So think about how you can help someone else you know, whether it's a younger mortgage broker that you're helping out, it could be somebody in your neighborhood, whatever, but those things will also help you and it'll make you more resilient. It'll just make you a better person to be around and you will have a better business, ultimately a better business. So quick recap on this, find time for hobbies. You absolutely have to have them. Don't just write mortgages, focus on the gain, not the gap. Look at the horizons at the ideal, but you're not going to be any happier when they get there. If you're not happy today, you will not be happy when you get there. You just won't. So the way to be happy today is to look back and go, what have I accomplished? What have I done so far? And celebrate those successes. And that will create that feeling of happiness that you can then move forward on. And then finally, focus on helping others. It's the drug that has the longest duration. So I think you'll find that very helpful. So hopefully you guys found this useful. Stay off the hedonic treadmill. Focus on, you know, growing your business, but don't be just all about business. And hopefully this has been helpful for you guys. And again, check out that episode that I did with Dan Sullivan on the gap and the gain. It's an amazing concept, amazing book. And if you want to build a bulletproof broker mindset, so, you know, one of the things, if you listen to my podcast where I interview brokers and, and they talk about the importance of mindset. So in our 10 loans a month Academy, we have a whole curriculum that we help brokers build really powerful mindsets 
Go check out 10loansamonth.com. That's the number 10loansamonth.com. And thanks again for checking out this episode and do some research on this hedonic adaptation. It's just fascinating stuff. So thanks guys. We'll be talking soon. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.